So, we've stood here today and we've, we've sung some songs and we've given thanks and we've said how our God is greater, our God is higher, our God is stronger than any other. We've said all these great things. But if you've not been here before or if you've not really had much to do with church in the past, if you don't know an awful lot about the Christian faith, then you would be forgiven for sitting there thinking, that's all nice, that's all very well, but it doesn't reflect what I see in the world around me. It doesn't reflect the reality that we live in. It's great to say and say all these things, but actually it's nothing more than a bit of a fairy story, a bit of a, um, a whimsical fantasy, if you like. You could be forgiven for thinking that. I've been away this past week. I've had a, a week away with my family. It's my parents' 40th wedding anniversary and they, um, they, they took um, uh, me and my family, my brother and his family, my sister and her family all the way to um, a, a place in Norfolk and we had, we had a great time. Brilliant. It was really nice. Thankfully, it didn't turn out to be like an EastEnders Christmas special which was a bit of a fear. You never quite, quite know what's going to happen when families come together. But we had a brilliant, brilliant time. Within five minutes of turning up at the venue... We discovered, being in deepest, darkest Norfolk, that they didn't have mobile phone reception and they didn't have Wi-Fi. I know, I know. Um, the primary form of communication seems to have been carrier pigeon. Um, and uh, so I took, I'd taken my laptop, I had my phone, I had my tablet, all the things that I normally use to communicate and to plan services and to keep up to date with emails and text messages and all the rest of it. And I couldn't even make a phone call. It was, like, it was like the dark ages. Was, oh, I don't know how people live like that. Apparently they once did, but it's beyond me. The other flip side of this is that there was no news. We did have a telly there, but we didn't really have it on very often. And so for a week, we did have days out and things, and every now and then you'd, you'd go through a, a, the, the occasional spot of phone reception and everyone's phones would start pinging like anything. Um, as all the messages came pouring in. But actually, you soon get used to not having it. You soon get used to not being constantly informed of what everybody that you've ever met has had for breakfast or where they've gone that day or how they're feeling. And it's quite nice, to be honest. And one of the things, as I say, it was, it was the news. We didn't have any news. And so when we got back yesterday... Um, I bought a newspaper. Now, I don't often get time to sit and read a newspaper, but yesterday, um, uh, my, my, my dear wife was going to see some of, some of her family. Um, I was all sort of family down after the week, the week away. So I said, look, I'm, I'm going to stay at home, and that was, that was fine. That was, that I got away with that one. So I had time yesterday, a bit of peace and quiet, to, um, to sit and to read a newspaper. And I, I tell you, it really, really hits you the state of the world. It really makes you realise when you've had a news blackout for, for seven days and then you come back and there were some atrocities that I wasn't aware of and that I've sort of, I'm now up to speed on. Some things that have happened in the world that are truly awful. That are just, they are absolutely heartbreakingly tragic. And so how can we then sit there on a Sunday and sing about a God who is so powerful that with a click of his fingers he could put all that right, that he could stop that happening, that he could prevent evil Things happening. In the, um, one of the reports I read, it was about um, distribution of wealth 
and um, it referred to an Oxfam report that came out last year. And so I went onto the Oxfam website and I started reading, because it interests me, the distribution of wealth in the world. Um, where, you know, where, where you are, because sometimes we can feel a little bit sorry for ourselves if we, we can't afford the car we want or if, if the microwave breaks down and we have to, we have to actually cook things for a, for a week before we can get it repaired or get a new one. Um, you know, we, we can feel quite hard done by when we don't have phone reception and Wi-Fi in the deepest, darkest corner of Norfolk. But reading this Oxfam report was quite sobering. It said that 1% of the world's wealth is owned by eight people. 1%. Now, there are 7 billion people in the world, just over that. And so, 1% of the world's wealth is shared amongst eight people. So, immediately you think, well, that's not a good start. We haven't quite got this right. Apparently, the super-rich, um, uh, their, their wealth is increasing at such a rate that within 25 years, it's estimated that the world will have its first ever trillionaire. Now, I don't know what a trillion pounds looks like. I, I'm not even sure that I know how many noughts you have to write to make a trillion. What I do know, because Oxfam, for wallies like me, put it into some sort of perspective, is that to spend a trillion dollars, or a trillion pounds, you would have to spend one million pounds every single day for 2,738 years. You'd have to spend one million pounds a day for 2,738 years. And within 25 years, it's predicted that there'll be someone on this earth with that much wealth. That's staggering. That is absolutely staggering. Especially when you then consider at the other end of the spectrum, 70% of the world's population, 70% of that 7 billion people, they have less than £10,000 to their name. You see, we live in a world where we value things. We place a value on things. We read headlines and a few weeks ago, for those of you who are interested in football, you'll know that Alexis Sanchez, a Chilean football player, moved from Arsenal to Manchester United and his, his estimated annual earnings are around £14 million a year. There are other, other players who earn even more than that. There are film stars. You've got people like, like Bill Gates who are, who are tremendously wealthy you know, they say that if he drops a £10 note on the floor, it won't be worth him, him, him leaning down to pick it up because in the time it takes for him to bend over to pick it up, he would have made so many times that in interest on his money. He's, he's so wealthy. And of course, a lot of these people give a huge amount away. They're incredibly generous and they, they set up all sorts of funds and initiatives and good things to help people in the world. But you see, the Bible tells us that God doesn't value people in the way that we value people. God doesn't look at people and say, this person is worth £14 million a year. Or this person has got so much wealth that it's going to cost, take them 2,738 years spending a million pounds a day to empty their bank account. God doesn't value us like that. God's got a far more, a far different approach to valuation. 
we're going to hold that thought. We're just going to have a think about how God values us, how we think God might value us. And then in the second part of this talk, Charlotte's going to come up and we've got, we've got a bit of a demonstration as to how the valuation process works through, through God's eyes. Okay, so we're going to need volunteers, we're going to need help and um, before we do that, I'm going to ask um, Martin to come up and uh, give our notices this week, let us know what's going on in the church and, and all the different events that we've got planned um, and I think we're going to take up our offering as well. So, hold that thought, don't go away. Martin. So, we've heard a little bit about the distribution of wealth in the world and how the world that we live in isn't actually the, the, the nice, wonderful place that, that God wanted it to be when he first made it. We've heard that, um, that there are some people who, who, have, who have incredible wealth and live, live such privileged lives and the rest of us look at it and think, wow, I wonder what that's like. But for the most people in the world, most people in the world look at us and think that. Most people in the world look at, would look at anybody in this room and think, wow, they've got so much. They are so wealthy. Because most people in the world have very, very, very little. Now, we've spoken about that, but there's nothing like a demonstration, is there? So, I've got Charlotte up. Charlotte is our children's worker. She is superb. A lot of you who are at school will recognise Charlotte from school. She spends loads of time in schools in Bitteriki. So, um, if you'd like to come up, then we are going to do a demonstration of the distribution of wealth according to man and then according to God. So, volunteers, please. Amazing. It certainly is. Oh, have a microphone. Okay, guys, so we've been thinking about worth. So, I'm going to ask you guys to go out and look for some things that are worth a lot, so some treasures. They may not be actually worth a lot, but they're shiny and gold in a way that many very worthwhile things are. So I'm going to send you out on a treasure hunt to seek something of great worth that would be particularly exciting for you. I don't Have any of you spotted them around? George, what are they? Uh, gold eggs. Yes, they are. So we're going to see how amazing, like, see how good you are as treasure hunters going out and finding these amazing treasures and maybe if you find loads, you could give one to me. Okay, right. Go, 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 go. Yeah, get as many as you can find. There are loads. I've hidden them everywhere. Oh, my... No, Shelby. <laughs> I'll hold these ones. Go and find the ones I've actually hidden. Any golden eggs? Can you see any? Can you see any golden eggs? Where are they? Keep looking. We didn't actually count how many we put out, so we could just keep them searching for days. <laughs> who's, 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 got, who's got at least one? Has everybody got at least one? Everyone's got at least one. Okay. Anybody got four? Anybody got more than four? It is the girls, isn't it? It's chocolate, isn't it? Yeah. More like a sip, sip it out from 100 yards. Anybody got six? How many have you got, Emily? Six. You've got six. You've got six. Right, okay. So six is, is the, so the two wealthiest are the two Emilys. Okay, brilliant. And actually, to be, to be honest, um, Emily, you, you were a bit like Bill, Bill Gates. Not only have you got incredible wealth in chocolate eggs, but you also gave some away to Timothy because he couldn't find any. So you've also got the charitable heart, which is lovely as well. So that's brilliant. Right, okay, okay. So Charlotte, where do we, where do we go now? 
Okay, so we found some nice obvious treasure. We have found some nice sparkly gold things, and that's what we might think is worth a lot. Now we're going to find some things that are maybe... We're going to find one thing, actually, because you are one step ahead and have already found one of my less exciting treasures. <laughs> you saw... Well, don't, don't ruin it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to find something that God might put... Like We might not see a lot of value in, but we're going to, we're going to look at how things can be valued differently to we, how we might think. And there is one, one thing hidden in the church that won't immediately look like a treasure. I shall tell you what it is, and you must go and find it. We're not going to... I'll do it quietly so the adults can't hear. We have a champion. Okay, so unlike our exciting golden eggs, this does not taste particularly great, <laughs> and it is not golden sparkly. It it's is not chocolate, is it? Tonic water is actually quite bland, isn't it? Anybody, anybody ever tried tonic water? Yeah, it's not, it's not chocolate, put it that way. It's not chocolate. But, but Jesus did, what did Jesus call himself? What did he point to himself? He called himself the... He called himself the water of life. Yeah, yeah, well whispered, Charlotte, excellent. <laughs> Jesus called himself the water of life. So he didn't say, I'm, he didn't uh, sort of big himself up and say, I'm like, I'm like the golden egg. I am, I am like the, the best chocolate you have ever tasted. He said simply, I'm the water of life. Now water keeps us going, doesn't it? We can't survive without water. Jesus also pointed to himself and said, I'm the bread of life. Now bread on its own is pretty bland, isn't it? It's not very interesting. Now, Jesus never pointed to himself and said, I am the Mentos of life. But, if he had been around today, he might have done. Okay, now, um, I forget who it was now, but these were discovered earlier on, um, when we were on the hunt for the golden eggs. Ah, yeah, they, they were hidden under the stairs. And Charlotte is now going to demonstrate what happens, you see, when we put these two things together. And the reason we're doing this, while, while Charlotte's just um, preparing for the experiment and while I stand a safe distance away, the reason we're doing this is because Jesus pointed to these two pretty bland, dull, regular things and said, this is how I want you to think of me. He didn't point to gold and riches and, and wonderful clothes and, and the best chariots and everything. He didn't do that. He pointed purely to the most bland, everyday things. And he said, this is how I want you to think of me. This is what I am to you. And you see, we've gone out today and we've collected treasures in the golden eggs. Let's just, let's just do the experiment. Let's just do the experiment see what happens when these two bland things get mixed together. Okay. I'll try and get seven in. Seven? Wow. Good luck. I'm definitely standing in a safe distance away. Guys, do you want to just um, open up so people can see a bit? If you just stand to the side slightly. You got an umbrella? No? Now, as I say, these two things are nowhere near as exciting as the chocolate eggs, are they? But when you put them together, you get a great little experiment, you get a great explosion, and it's good fun. You see, God made each and every one of us. The Bible says that each and every one of us are part of God's creation. And so when we, when we are brought together, 
God can do amazing things. When churches come together, when groups of people come together in Jesus' name, amazing things can happen, great things can be done. Jesus' last recorded words in Matthew's Gospel is is a thing called the Great Commission where he told his disciples, his followers, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them the things that I have taught you. And so Jesus wanted us as his followers to to go and to to find the treasure in the world. He wanted us to go out and and find the treasure that, that, that has been scattered around the world. And the treasure, in his eyes, isn't gold and silver. It's you and me. And everybody in the world around us. Because you see, in God's eyes, each and every one of us is an amazing treasure. An amazing treasure. And he can use any one of us to do amazing things. But when he brings us together, no matter how bland and valueless we might feel, no matter how empty and and worthless we might sometimes think we are, actually when God puts us together, amazing things can happen. Exciting, interesting, special, life-changing things can be done when God brings his people together. And so that's why, as a church, we believe that we have a duty to reach out into our local community, to serve our local community, to to send people like Charlotte, who've got a gift for working with children, into schools, to to spread the Christian message, to, um, to preach the word on Sundays and other days during the week, to hold events and initiatives that reach out to the community and say, this is God's word for you, because you are a treasure. So if you've come here this morning feeling a little bit fed up with the world, if you, if you made the mistake I made yesterday of opening a newspaper and catching up on the news that you've missed for the past few days, and if you've thought, oh my goodness, what a world we live in, what is the point? This is, this is disastrous. Then know this, God who created you loves you and looks on you as the most treasured possession he owns. He made each and every one of us. God doesn't make mistakes. You are not a mistake. You are worth more than you will ever know. And God wants you as part of his kingdom. And so as a church, our duty is to build his kingdom, is to reach out to people, to share his good news. And as we've seen this morning, you don't have to be a golden egg You just have to be whoever you are and God will use you. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to close in our final song of worship this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for the fun that we've had this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the the breakfast, the food, for all the people that made that happen. Thank you that that we've had Charlotte with us today who's helped to, um, to, to make this activity to demonstrate the the absurd unfairness of the distribution of wealth in this world, how, how so few people have so much and how so many people have such a, so, so little. But Father, we know, we know, Lord, that our time on this world is limited. But if we choose to follow you, if we choose to say, Father, I am yours, to give ourselves to you, then we have an unlimited time in eternity, in heaven with you. Father, you are a God who loves us. You're a God who values us highly, more highly than we can possibly imagine. And we give thanks for that this morning. And Father, I just pray that anybody who's here today who hasn't heard about you before, who hasn't heard the goodness 
of your word. Maybe it's someone who's only ever read bad headlines and heard negative stories about church. Well, Lord, you know as well as we do, we don't always get it right, but we try to let people know that they are worth a huge amount and that there is a God who loves them. And we pray, Father, that through this morning they will be challenged to learn more about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.